be around the same When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past, I'm about the future. All right, all right. Welcome back to Draft Fights, and I am Walter, and uh, it's time to talk a little bit about football, free agency. It's almost here today. We're talking about the NFC West, the Wild Wild West, Desperata, Jim Ryder. I don't know what you got. I'm totally misquoting this song, but today we talk about the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the LA Rams, and the 49ers. And yes, this will be uh, this will be an interesting day. I'm going to start off with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to get right off to the bat real quick, though. You can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at brojo. Death is in the end of life. Punch a delicious drink. You drink this summer. And like, follow, subscribe. And now we're on to the Cardinals. All right, Cardinals. They start out free agency, pre-free agency, with a big boom. They go ahead. They sign J.J. Watt. Tear the heart out of my chest and sign J.J. Watt. Steal him out for under Nate. No, it's fine. Um, I know there were rumors that there were other teams in on this. I don't think we have to even go into those other teams, right? The rumors of the Colts and the Browns and and the Titans that people may or may not be reporting, maybe specifically an Arizona-based reporter reporting it. Um, but, okay, so they, they signed J.J. Watt. Listen, I don't think any which way you don't have to pl- – uh, Listen, even if there are aren't, there's many reasons to want J.J. Watt on your team, and there's many reasons not to want him on your team at a certain price point, right? They, they did pay a lot for him, two years $31 million, but it's not an insane amount, which kind of like for 14, basically 3 million of that is all um, incentives, right? They're sack incentives. It gets a million dollars if he gets 10 sacks, he gets another million. And then that uh, in this year, and then another million dollars next year, if he gets 10 sacks this year, and then he gets another million dollars next year, if he gets 10 sacks. So 3 million of that comes down to if he can get 10 sacks this year or next year, um, could happen. It's not totally impossible or implausible. So twenty-eight million of that uh, he is is his salary that or non-incentive salary. Twenty million of it is guaranteed going. Uh, Twenty-three million are guarantees, but really it's about twenty million dollars guaranteed. Um, it, basically this year, if he gets cut after this year, it's twenty million dollars for a one-year run of him. That's a lot of money. Uh, also, his. Uh, I do believe his salary cap hit for this year is only $5 million. So part of that's going to accelerate next year if he gets cut regardless. Um, they clearly added option years at the end of his contract. Uh, option uh, Void years, sorry. Uh, so they added void years at the end of the contract. Let's just spread out the, the signing bonus hit till after he's off your roster. And they're probably hoping that by that time the salary cap has gone up enough where you're not really feeling it as much. Totally understandable move. Lots of teams are doing it nowadays. It's the hip new thing. Uh, listen, J.J. Watt was one of the most uh, double, uh, most doubled edge rushers in the NFL. In fact, he was the most doubled edge rusher, edge rusher in the NFL. So when you're putting him in a, a rotation or in a, a defensive line formation, a pass rush formation, a, de- a, a defense with Chandler Jones, another guy who, when he plays, is top shelf edge rusher right you were getting but keep in mind both these guys are old right um this seemed like a splash move right for the arizona cardinals they have uh hassan reddick leaving in free agency they did not tag him as you know the franchise tags were mentioned uh actually I, maybe i'll even touch at that towards the end of the episode is what the franchise tags were but 
in general, uh, I, I think this is a move to help bolster their, their defensive line, to bolster their pass rush. They are losing Patrick Peterson uh, to free agency. Uh, we can even go over some of the free agents they might be losing this year. Patrick Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald, Kenyon Drake, Robert Alford, Devon J. Campbell, J.R. Sweezy, um, Corey Peters. So they're losing a lot of guys. Marquise Golden's also a free agent. He might be coming back. Um, but th their top two edge rushers are currently free agents. Chandler Jones got hurt uh, last year as well, so you're hoping he comes back. Their top cornerback is a free agent, Jonathan Joseph. That was the guy who played the best of them at corner, right? 37-year-old Jonathan Joseph is your best corner. Um, there's some real big question marks. Their corner situation has a lot of question marks going in on it. Uh, defensive line wise they let's talk salary cap, right? We have the one eighty two point five number. Uh twenty one million dollars in salary cap going into this year at that number. Um gives them a little bit of wiggle room. They could probably attack at least one or two more free agents before they are done, maybe take advantage of this decreased cap world. Um it doesn't sound like JJ Watt like you know, JJ Watt made a big deal about, oh, I want to go for a ring, blah, blah, blah. You know, my my last couple of years going into this year. Uh, so I, I and then he goes to the Arizona Cardinals. It's not really you know, they were a solid team last year, and now maybe you might be thinking they're on the up and up, but it's not like they were a, like a crazy contender. They had a lot of issues last year. Um, I think this is a move that signals that maybe this team is a little desperate. Like this is the um I don't want to say desperate, but it's starting to. It's not like it's not Chicago desperate, right? It's desperate in the the realm of, hey, we're a little worried. We're fighting for our jobs. What we got to do here is come up with a splash move to help replace some guys, right? And how do you do that? You get a, a solid pass rush. You could play, you know, JJ Watt at both defensive end and uh, you know different spots on the defensive line. Uh, again, I, I think this move was very smart. It's just you have a lot tied up in very, you know, a, a much older defensive uh, defensive front, if you will. And yet the, the younger guy is leaving in free agency, the guy who showed he had a little bit of pizzazz. Although, again, Hassan Reddick might be fool's gold. So, you know, again, like we saw, we saw some solid play from him at the end of the year, in this year, when he finally got to play as an edge rusher, which really feels like, strangely enough, actually his what he should have been doing the whole time, strangely enough. Uh, they signed Jordan Hicks last year and Jordan Phillips, formerly of the, the Bills. They really can't get much relief by cutting uh, either of those guys, and they didn't really pan out for them super well. Uh, looking over their roster, they have a lot of guys with a couple more years left that they you know have signed to extensions. Kyler Murray. I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. Uh, I think he's what makes that offense work. Him having DeAndre Hopkins works very well. They traded for him last year for you know second-round pick. We all know the story. Got rid of David Johnson in the second-round pick. Got in some DeAndre Hopkins. Sounds like a trade anybody who's anybody would have made. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, uh, the guy who they drafted in the first round last year, did not really do much on defense. Did not show. Um, you know, you're hoping that he takes a step forward in year two. Devin Kennard uh, played linebacker for them as well to Jordan Hicks. You're hoping maybe he uh, 
uh, you know, you're hoping that that linebacking core is going to probably be what they walk in with. I don't think they're making any changes there. Buda Baker was Buda Baker. Buda Baker's the be- one of the best players they have, most consistent guys they've got. Love me some Buda Baker. And um, Byron Murphy and, and Jonathan Joseph, and they had a lot of guys who are like fringe, okay starters. You really don't want to be starting them, but okay, whatever. Uh, they've got a lot of issues, and I didn't think pass rush was real. I guess pass rush is their issue because they have a lot of guys leaving in free agency. Maybe they bring back Marcus Golden. Uh, maybe they bring back for you know a cheaper deal. Uh, I could see them moving on from Justin Pugh. I want to see it does it, if they caught him seven million dollars. They relatively save. That's that that's a decent amount of money. You can maybe attack one of the guards that are getting released right now. Attack, offer some money if you will. You don't have to beat the heck out of them. Um, but yeah, Justin Pugh's had, uh, some health issues over the years. Um, they are losing Kelvin, uh, Beecham who played relatively well for them, uh, at tackle. But you know what you, uh, strangely enough, like they, they got, a. I I think they have to attack that position in the draft, um, as well, because again, like, D, you know, DJ Humphreys played really well for them at left tackle. He was actually, man, he's really developed into a, a solid player. He might be uh, – it took him a while, but now he's there. Like, he's he's really found his own. So, um, you know, they're losing J.R. Sweezy. I mentioned that before. Kelvin Beecham's a free agent. Uh, Mason Cole is just not cutting it. He's not up to snuff. They got to get some guys in there, whether it's free agency or the draft, to fix this offensive line. Um, but Kyler Murray's athleticism does help aid some of that, right? Kyler Murray, athletic quarterback, runs around. Um you still want your quarterback protected. Like, there's no – having a good offensive line is never a negative. Pew did play well this year when he played. Um, he – I just – you know, I, I, I'm always curious as to – like, and again, he played – it looks like he played actually most of the year, which is, the, like, the first time in a long time he's played most of the year. So, I again, I'm very curious as to – like – as a guy whose health has never been consistent, uh, if they could find an upgrade to Justin Pugh, it depends. Maybe they kick him out to right tackle again. He was a solid right tackle at some points in his career. Maybe they also attack, like I said, guard and free agency. Uh, there's a couple of guys who might be getting released, like Trey Turner, Andrew Norwell. Uh, there's going to be some guys in this draft class who are solid guards and centers. They really need to attack that position. Uh, defensively, I think corner is, is a big question mark still. Uh, they might attack that in the draft. There's a a bunch of corners in this draft class. Now, I don't know which direction they may go. Um, if they're looking to go more zone heavy, because that would fit more of what their guys who are on the roster or who they can retain for a relatively cheap price, uh, would perform better in. Maybe they move in that direction. Uh, I don't think they re-signed Patrick Peterson. He kind of fell off a cliff after he's no longer allowed to to do the um, the, the 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 vitamins that allow you to do athletic things, if you will. Uh, he got caught for something like that uh, a while back, and I'm thinking maybe it's starting to wear off. Um, they really haven't gotten much out of Andy Isabella. Christian Kirk's been really solid for them. Uh, again, a guy who I would be intrigued to see him take a step forward now that they don't. It sounds like they're probably not bringing back Larry Fitzgerald. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, this guy makes bad quarterbacks look good, and Kyler Murray's not a bad quarterback. Um, uh, again, let's let's move on from them. I think 
Arizona's a weird one. I think this is a team that if it if it doesn't pan out, everybody could be losing their jobs next year, right? Steve Kime, I think, should have been kind of like on notice already. He's now, I think, on his second or third uh, head coach. You have, um, you know, you have Cliff Kingsbury, who's not who hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been great. He has been willing to mix it up. I feel very mixed with uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and then you look at the D coordinator, Vance Joseph just hasn't really been able to get it to work there very well. They've had moments, but it's really been – you were expecting them to take a step forward. They had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of guys that came in that just really didn't pan out as free agents. A lot of those deals are still stuck with a lot of them. So we will see what ends up happening. Um, let's move across the division. We'll go up to, say, Seattle and go hang out with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And clearly the big – rumors this offseason is is Russell Wilson going to get traded I really don't believe that that doesn't really fall within something that like I I don't think it'll happen I a, I think it, it would it would cause a 58 million dollar dead cap hit uh that I just don't see happening uh it doesn't I it doesn't matter how much Russell Wilson hates you they're not going to probably want to take that maybe they would do it as like a post June 1st trade but and try to at least stymie it out. I just don't see that happening. I also don't think the relationship is as bad as people make it sound. I did just read a tweet that made it sound completely the opposite of that. Um, I don't know how involved that person is or how well how much that person knows. I was a radio show host. Either way, I, I'm not thinking Russell Wilson gets traded. He did say, though, if you guys want to trade me, I have four teams on my list that you could trade me to, one of which is the Bears, which everybody was kind of shocked by. The uh, But I actually don't think it's too ridiculous. The only thing is, is what, you, what are you getting in compensation from the Bears to give you give them up Russell Wilson and take this giant salary cap hit? Just don't see that happening. Um, the receiving core has been pretty. Russell Wilson was not as pretty towards the end of the year as it was at the beginning of the year. It seemed like the offense started becoming very... Uh, predictable. A lot of teams are starting to key in on what DK Metcalf, what they were doing with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, and when they tried to go to running the ball, it the offensive line has not been good. Has not been good there very much at all during Russell Wilson's career. It seemed like that was one of the things he was signaling to everybody when he said, "Like, hey, I haven't been hit. I've been hit the most of anybody. Can I get some protection?" And I don't hate him for that. I think that's a very solid question. Um, there are some questions as to whether he might be contributing to that, uh, you know, by holding the ball a little bit longer and moving around the pocket and moving outside the pocket and, you know, putting him in putting himself in positions where that's risky. But even still, fair enough question. They have not been good at drafting and developing offensive line talent, finding offensive line talent. Maybe that's something they should look into. Uh, I, As of right now, I would proceed accordingly that I think Russell Wilson – will be there starting 2021 season. Uh, they are losing uh, a, a solid amount of players. Uh, Bobby Wagner uh, is still there. Uh, okay, thank you, Walter. Uh, K.J. Wright is is potentially leaving in free agency. They just cut Carlos Dunlap. Uh, Bruce Irvin also is leaving. Hollister's gone. is a, is a free agent. Uh, Carlos Hyde is a free agent, although they could probably bring him back relatively cheaply. Uh, Greg Olson just retired. Uh, they're also losing uh, Quentin Dunbar and Cedric Obwehi, guys who 
you know, Dunbar was a guy they traded for, came in, and he he's never really popped. Uh, maybe it was a scheme issue. Maybe it was he was having some off-field issues going on last year. You know, there were some questions as to a particular off-field incident that was going on that might have kind of been a real bothersome thing. Uh, there, Philip Dorsett's also uh, a free agent. Uh, Chance Warmack's apparently still in the league. Uh, Josh Gordon asked to be released, apparently, or they had agreed at some point, so that way he can go ahead and play with Johnny Manziel in some kind of fan-controlled league. Demarius Randall's leaving. I don't think anybody was really thinking too much about him. Maybe he gets re-signed. Um, when we look at guys they could release... I mean, it depends on what they want to do. They do have money already, but they could save a little bit more by cutting Brandon Shell, which would give them another 3.3, 3.4 million. They can release Quandre Diggs, who has not played really well for them uh, since they've traded for him. That would be a totally clear cap cut. They would save $5.5 million. Um, they could cut punter Michael Dixon. Uh, he's a free agent after this year. Maybe they give him an extension. He is relatively young. Uh, so sometimes if you, if you like your punter, you might not want to totally get rid of him. Uh, maybe give him an extension, pu push some of his money out to the future with a little bit of a signing bonus. Um, and, and I think that uh, I, I think overall they, they have a lot of guys who are going to, if they're not free agents this year, they will be free agents next year. So it looks like it might be extension season for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, guys who are up in 2022, Tyler Lockett, Jaron Reed, Dwayne Brown, Jamal Adams, uh, Brandon Shell, who I mentioned before, Quandre Diggs, Michael Dixon, the guy who I just mentioned, Trey Flowers, their corner. They are, uh, again, they have a lot of guys who are potential free agents who might be leaving, you know, this year or next year. And they're, again, if they, as of right now, they have 21 million uh with a couple, with some of those mentioned uh, releases or cuts, uh, they would get, you know, another twelve million in savings, putting up to thirty-three million. Meaning they could probably go after some big free agent signing and really redo a little bit of their roster if they're really worried about, you know, annoying uh, Russell Wilson. Like I said before, uh, Corey Lindsley is one of the top free agents that's out there uh, for center. Um, there's, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting guard market. Tackle-wise, uh, Riley Reef was just released. He's been a solid left tackle. Maybe you could switch him back to right. He ha I do believe he's played at right tackle in the past. If not, um, I, I think that they should at least attack guard, uh, find some guys who can come in and compete for guard, draft guards or tackles in this draft. Dwayne Brown's getting older in the in the tooth. Maybe they extend him, give him another two-year deal, um, push some of the money that he has now out into the future as well if they really wanted to do that. Um, he's 36, but we've seen these kind of guys go. You know, we've seen a couple of tackles play further out into their into the future, if you will. Um, if they, I don't, I wouldn't get, be getting rid of Dwayne Brown anytime soon, but if they did release him, it would save 11 million. Um, if they were to go after say a Trent Williams in free agency, who's a few years younger, not a lot of years younger, he's still in his thirties, but if they were going to go ahead and try to steal from another team that's, you know, in the division and trying to get a better, you know, get somewhat better at tackle, they could go for Trent Williams and sign him to a big deal, uh, and try to outcompete their, their, uh, their neighbors in the NFC West. 
Uh, Jaron Reed's a guy who, again, had some vitamin issues, if you will, a couple years ago. I think they keep him for at least the next year, and maybe they extend him because they, they seem to like him a lot. Um, maybe they bring back Carlos Dunlap. Uh, you know, I know he was released recently, but there was some rumor that he maybe come back. KJ Wright makes it sound like he's not going to give them a discount to come back. But they might be in the best position to re-sign him when he hits free agency because he might be like, well, actually, the market's not that great because the market's not going to be that great this year. It's going to be a rough market for a lot of players. Um, I, I think between uh, – who was I thinking of right now? Quinton Dunbar and – I thought they had another cornerback that was uh, Shaquille Griffin. That's the other one that's going to be a big deal is losing Shaquille Griffin. He's been really good for them over the years. And he has played at certain points very well. Um, they were looking to have those guys to play really well last year and missing. Now you're going to be losing both of those guys. And the really the only guy who's been a major part of your defense, you know, your corners has been uh, Trey Flowers. I think they try to bring one of those guys back or they try to attack the, the free agent corner pool. Uh, after the Seattle situation... Right. Um, guys that they could go after. I mean, we've mentioned it before with a uh, with corner. There's quite a plethora of corners in this draft class, uh, in this free agent class, as well as in this draft class. Um, but actually, a couple of the the free agent corners are actually coming from their own roster. So, I, how does Seattle proceed? I think, I think they're in the right direction. And what they should do. Attack corner in the draft, because that's what you guys seem to do really well is develop corners. And try to get some pass rush and some offensive line help if you can do both. Uh, part of that being, I, I just don't see... Uh, I, I, I see it being a really bad thing for you if your quarterback is not happy with the offensive line. And you have not really put your team in the position to address it a guy who they might want to go after maybe a Matt Filer he's uh he's kind of been a very versatile solid guard slash tackle so if you get him you know you could bring him and have him play right tackle and then also maybe sign a Jermaine Effetti steal him away from the Bears he shouldn't be that expensive to grab uh Denzel Goods a free agent coming off the Raiders you can maybe grab him to maybe be the backup tackle have a little bit of a competition if you're not so sure about Filer or you want to play Filer at guard um I don't think they'll go after Athuni I think that's a little too much out of their price range um Lane Taylor is an option he's a free agent uh, maybe they can go ahead and grab him, Jonathan Feliciano, John Miller. There's a lot of guys who are available for the Seahawks to go ahead and maybe offer like one to two year deals, one million dollars, two million dollars. So it's gonna be a cheap, cheap time to go after some of these guys. So uh, I think Seattle's in a good position to maybe upgrade on the offensive line. Like I said before, they have some money to throw around. Um, and in this draft class, there's some solid tackles and some solid uh, guards and center potential centers. And, and I think that you know if they wanted to go after Liam Eikenberg, fell far enough, maybe they could go after him. Um, you know, there's been mixed feelings on Alex Leatherwood. Maybe go after him. Maybe you know, there's been talks about him potentially playing guard in the NFL and not tackle, which is what he played at Alabama for the most part. Um, 
at, again, there's going to be, you know, Samuel Cosme. If they're looking for a guy in later rounds, maybe a Brady Christensen who's probably going to go on day three but could probably be an okay player for you at tackle. I, I'm not – I wouldn't be excited to have to start him. Um, you know, Jamarco Jones – uh, played okay at guard, but not anything you really want to be writing home about. Mike Yopati, um has had his moments, has played solidly for them. I I just don't know. I, I think they still have to kind of at least bring some guys in. Ethan Posick, uh, I, I don't think that's a guy who you want being your center. I think maybe that's the position they look at. Maybe they look at grabbing Corey Lindsley and seeing what his big deal will be. Uh, outside of that, corner I would be really worried about. But we'll see. I, I think that's a, that's a position they never seem worried about. Seattle's never worried about corner. Let's move on, right? San Francisco 49ers. Let's talk about it. Mm. 49ers, they got Jimmy G coming back. Always injured. Seems like it. But with Jimmy G um, coming back, I think he's there for one more year. I think they try to draft somebody in this draft to go after one of the the six QBs that are rumored to potentially be going in the first round. Did I say six? Uh, let me list them off, right? Trevor Lawrence, probably not getting him. Zach Wilson, I think they would they would do dirty, dirty things to get Zach Wilson because I think he fits Shanahan's scheme pretty well. Uh, Trey Lance, again, a guy who could probably be solid in that system would probably need to sit for a year and develop and kind of really get to learn uh, the intricacies of Shanahan's system, and it's kind of re reminiscent of actually kind of a, a Colin Kaepernick in a Kyle Shanahan system. That's kind of like what his tape kind of screams a little bit. And then there's, uh, oh, um, Justin Fields, who I think is getting a bum rap at some points right now for some weird reason because he had a couple of not horrible but not great games against Northwestern and Indiana. Um and then Mac Jones has gotten a lot of talk recently, and you know people have been, oh well, what about Mac Jones? And people are like, oh Mac Jones, uh, maybe a guy they go for in the second round is Kellen Mond, or second or third round if they uh, if they were going for somebody if they traded down, played around with their picks a little bit. Um, I don't know how I, I, is what is Weston Richburg going to be staying on this team going forward? Um, I I had heard some. Uh, some rumblings about him. He he seemed to kind of fall off a cliff a little bit. Um, Jimmy Ward is still here, but they are losing Jaquiski Tart. He's going into free agency. Um, they actually have a lot of guys going into free agency, just to list them off. Trent Williams, that's the big name in free agent who they might lose. Uh, Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, that's not a big name. He tore his ACL earlier this year. Uh, he's probably going to have to take a one-year prove-it deal with somebody. I don't know if he really wants to stay in, in San Francisco if he hasn't really made it work there. Uh, Jaquiski Tart, I mentioned before, plays pretty well at safety, kind of is a good at a, as a hybrid safety role, can play safety, can play uh, nickel, can kind of be a nickel linebacker. check their fullback, their famous fullback, who they just absolutely love. Uh, I think maybe they try to bring him back unless they developed somebody along the way that they just feel better about. But I do think he's probably somebody they look to bring back. Tevin Coleman uh, is a free agent. Quan Williams probably would be relatively cheap for them to bring back. And maybe, you know, again, since they got solid play. Akilah Witherspoon they got solid play of at the end of the year. But that was a guy who was benched for the most part, came back, uh, came in towards the end of the year, played pretty well. 
uh, he might be looking for a starting job somewhere else and be able to prove it to somebody else. Uh, Deion Jordan, uh, free agent rusher. Can't believe he's only 31. He feels like he's been in the league forever. But and 31 is relatively old. But like again, they they tried making it work with him and Zigiansa at certain points after they lost Nick Bosa. Uh, they're going to have some questions. I, I, their contract structures are very weird. I got to be honest. I, I'm shocked that they can't get out of D Ford. Like they're having, if they cut D Ford, they take a fifteen million dollar cap hit. That's insane. It, it, but that would save them still about five million dollars, almost six million dollars. Uh, they have not gotten anything out of him. He's been injured to the wazoo. Kittle was n- not healthy last year after they just extended him. Um, Raheem Mostert was, uh, had some health issues at certain points. It feels like it was always a rotation on that running back core. Felt like the team itself in general was just not healthy, having constant injury issues. Nick Bosa, another one that was out of there with, uh, injury, to, uh, I believe torn ACL early on. So, again, uh, the wide receiving core, I think they're pretty solid at, but knowing Kyle Shanahan, they will not worry about, spending a top 100 pick again on wide receiver because that's what they do. That's what Shanahan do. They lack them receivers, them run-after-catch guys. He's been loving that, those pseudo-running backs, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Um, I, I think that they try to bring back uh, Trent Williams, but if they do that, that's going to eat up whatever space they could to sign anybody in free agency. Uh, Trent Williams is probably going to cost somewhere in the $18 million range, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but it sounds like that would probably be the APY for him. Uh, that's a- average per year. Uh, they have about uh, $24.5 million in, in, in uh, cap space. Jimmy G is really the question here. Can they upgrade a quarterback? They were in on, they were at least somewhat in on the Stafford deal, but didn't, you know, they didn't make a real push to get Stafford, so they weren't super in on Stafford. Um, like I said before, it sounds like, it sounds like the draft is going to be where we're going to hear about them going for somebody, maybe in a trade up to get one of the the top guys, uh, and then they'll keep Jimmy G for one more year. Unless they found somebody, I, I thought if they found somebody in a trade, like if they got Stafford, maybe they trade Jimmy G over to the Patriots. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to hope that they can get him maybe next year in a, in a trade. I just don't see him staying uh, being traded this year. I just don't think they have. There's no reason to get rid of him. His his cap it's twenty six point four million. He's not that expensive. Yes, his cap percentage is thirteen and a half percent. But let's be real, a lot of quarterbacks are. There's more. There's quarterbacks with a higher cap hit right now. On that, or at least somewhat of a similar cap hit to that. So, uh, I I feel like Jimmy G is going to be, uh, he, he's got one more year, a prove it year. But I think they're going to try and do similar to what Andy Reid did, where Andy Reid came in, he got his guy, they kind of built a culture and an offense. Then they draft a guy, they let that guy sit behind the starter for a year develop and then they get rid of their their starter give them go send them somewhere they'll put they'll send jimmy g to somewhere like next year they'll send him to washington or something on the last year of his deal plus for 2021 he has a no trade clause so he has to okay where he wherever he's getting traded for 2022 he does not have a no trade clause they could cut jimmy g this year and it wouldn't cost them much it would cost them 2.8 million dollars in dead cap but they would save about $26 million. They would save about $23, $24 million. Uh, that's a lot of savings. 
Uh, but you need to have an answer at quarterback if you're going to be doing that. And considering Jimmy G, when he plays, is at least solid enough to get them to Super Bowls, even if he's not amazing, yet you kind of need to keep on hanging on to him, or at least for the time being. That also probably means they are not going to restructure his deal to clear up more cap space, which means if you are going to do any kind of restructure to clear up cap space, you got to look at somebody else on that roster. I don't know who you're really looking at to restructure. Um, I know some 49ers fans are not big fans of Mike McGlinchey. He had a down year this year, at least as far as pass blocking went. Run blocking, he was still really solid. But uh, he did have a down year this year. Uh, it sounded like he came in a little underweight in like the 280s, 290s. And if that's the case, maybe, you know, part of that was COVID, not being able to work out, not being able to, you know, do your squats, try to stay in shape. So unfortunately, he kind of got stuck not being able to lift weights and eat his peanut butter sandwiches. Maybe, you know, with a year of prep and time and money, he can go ahead and invest in his own little home gym to be able to keep himself in shape. And in and and not just shape because he was probably in shape, but to be able to come back at like 290, 300, and to be solid as far as being a, a right tackle because he was he had some issues uh, last year. Uh, other than that, uh, 49ers, it, a lot of it is getting their guys back to full health. Um, it would be interesting to see where they go in this draft. They could easily. You know, if Trent Williams walks, they can go after offensive line in this draft. There's plenty of offensive line talent. Uh, even if they he stays, they could still go after offensive line because you could you should always be going after offensive line. Um, maybe they go after like a center or guard on day two, like a Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson if he falls to the second round, which I think he probably will, given the ACL uh, issues that he's coming off of. Um. Wyatt Davis, if he, I can't see Wyatt Davis falling too far. But to be honest, you never know with the with the draft and how teams value guard. Some teams boost it up. Some teams might look at a tackle who they might want to play at guard. So, I, I Javon Kinlaw, we'll see if he ends up uh, developing. Year two seems to be a good year for D tackles. Year one, you know, year one D tackles don't always kind of pop uh, initially. They're not like edge rushers where their jobs are as clearly defined as okay, get you know. Y you know what you have to do when you're an edge rusher a lot of the time. Some guys still take time to develop an edge rusher. They're not all Nick Bosa. Um, but at D-tackle, it seems to be the position where it takes a little bit more time in general than edge rusher to kind of pick up. And almost, I've never – I'm trying to think of first-round D-tackles that are not named Aaron Donald who really popped their first year. Um, it's, it's a rarity. Uh, outside of that, if they get everybody back healthy, I could easily see this team bouncing back. Uh, I know Nick. I know C.J. Beathard is a free agent. Uh, I'm sure they let him walk. Akilah Witherspoon, I mentioned before, he's probably looking for another job. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, maybe they bring him back. He's another corner that they had. Um, just to, to maybe touch on a couple of the other guys that they had. They, I honestly, they're. they're their uh, their cornerbacks have were all playing pretty well last year. Jason Verrett's another guy who again had a really good year. He's kind of consistently had injury issues though, and you're betting on him being healthy. But uh, I'm sure they bring back one of the corners that are hitting free agency. Uh, I don't know which one they would be eager to do that with. I, maybe it's Verrett because Verrett did play the best out of all of them. Uh, although Akilah Witherspoon played really well. 
he just didn't play as many snaps as Richard Sherman and and Jason Verrett. So we will see where that all kind of goes. Um. All right, last team. This team made a splash trade. We started out with a team that had a splash move in free agency. Screw it. This team had a splash move. They traded Jared Gath and two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. That's that's a strange way to upgrade uh, your team. Uh, we're just getting – we don't care about first-round picks. Screw the first-round picks. We're taking the Matt Staffords. Um, yeah, Sean McVay said, Jared Goff, you're out. And they went for Matt Stafford – to the, uh, from the Lions, he demand you know they Lions and Matt Stafford agreed to trades uh, be able to trade him. And they got a huge haul from it. Um, I didn't think Jared Goff was a bad quarterback. I think the issue, a lot of it was, they didn't have the the deep threat there anymore. Like, like you can you can complain this year that Jared Goff didn't want to throw a deep ball. Who is running the deep routes? Josh Reynolds, yes, he did do that pretty well at certain points. Um, but he was nowhere near as consistent as Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks did have some injury concerns the year prior. Um, but that was also in a time where it seemed like everybody was keying in on McVay's offense, too. And they, they just kind of – they kind of uh, the offensive line wasn't playing well that year. So uh, maybe they cut the bait too quickly on Brandon Cooks, and that led to them being like, you know what, we're getting rid of uh, Jared Goff now. It also sounded like maybe there were some internal struggles with Jared Goff. But again, you extended him, uh, and then you got rid of the the receiver that took the coverages away, and then you kind of said, well, we're going to go ahead and, you know what, uh, we're, we're going to be running a lot. Again, we're going to be running the ball a ton. And not that that was a bad move. They did run the ball very efficiently. They were very good at running the ball. They had. They definitely came up. I know a lot of teams stole from their run book, or they stole from their run, another team's run book. So they were running the ball quite a bit in a lot of a uh, variety of ways. Um, let, let's talk about it, though. Matt Stafford has a different type of arm than Jared Goff. Matt Stafford can hit a deep ball to a guy like Josh Reynolds. Only problem is Josh Reynolds is a free agent. So uh, they are currently minus $32 million on the cap. So they are going to have a headache a little bit, at least for their top 51. They're actually minus $41 million when it comes to the estimated cap for the total roster. Um, They are going to have to restructure some deals. They can do that. Uh, Aaron Donald, they can restructure, save uh, $14 million. Jalen Ramsey, they can restructure, save $13 million. Uh, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford. Doing a lot of that will get them back to, to cap compl- uh, compliance. Uh, they could also cut Rob Havenstein if they started feeling better about Bobby Evans and him playing at uh, tackle this year. Uh, Michael Brockers, I heard they were shopping already. That would save them a little bit of money against the cap. Uh, I heard nine million, but right now I'm seeing five point six million. So I don't know how much. Maybe in a trade they get a little bit more than if they just straight up cut him. Uh, Tyler Higby. Uh, I don't think they're getting rid of Higby, but they could save another two point three million. The reason why they wouldn't get rid of Higby is because they already are losing Gerald Everett. So unless you were using some of that money to bring back Everett, you're going to be losing two tight ends. And that was something they were actually kind of having fun with, was trying to utilize multiple tight end point uh, tight ends at certain points last year. Um, Johnny Hecker, they can cut him, save two point six million, but he's been really good for them. He's been a stalwart on that team for years. Um, the team really does like him. 
outside of those guys, uh, they're going to have a really hard time doing much else, though, because when you look at it, it's a very you might have heard the sports it's stars and stu- stars and uh, duds and studs team where uh, they literally have a bunch of guys that ha- on high contract rates and a bunch of guys at low contract rates. There was a rumor that pe- uh, there was uh, some interest in trading for uh, uh, Robert Woods. I don't think they would do that mainly because Robert Woods right now is actually more expensive to them off the roster than he is on the roster. So I think they're keeping Robert Woods. I also don't know why they would get rid of him because he's been solid for them. He's been uh, like basically the the one wide receiver who's been consistent as hell for them. Cooper Cup's been consistent as well, but remember he was injured for a little bit, came back, and then was a, a relatively solid star for him. Um, they could restructure Robert Woods' contract as well, so that would also you know put him closer to cap compliance. Uh, and and his contract goes out to 2026. So I don't think he's going to be making it to that point. But again, they could always restructure him. That's another guy they can get a little bit of cap relief with. Um, I think, you know, again, they don't have a first-round pick this year. They don't have a first-round pick for the next three years. So what are they going to do? Uh, they'll probably trade down in this draft from the second round, try to accumulate some mid-round picks to be able to grab some guys to kind of fill out the roster. They don't have a third round. Uh, they they lost a third-round pick in the uh, the trade for Matt Stafford. Uh, what do I think about Matt Stafford? By the way, I'm actually a big Matt Stafford fan. Do I think Matt Stafford the player is better than Robert Woods the player? Yes, I do. Um, not Robert Woods, Jared Goff. Uh, but do I think it's uh, to what percent is the improvement? Sometimes you just like what that guy brings to a certain kind of offense. Sean McVay wanted to run a lot more play action, a lot more deep, you know, deeper routes that sometimes Jared Goff just wasn't always willing to hit. Jared Goff was also, I think, the biggest qualm about Jared Goff was he is not good off script. The second the script went away, he could not make it work. This is uh, I, this is something that clearly they had an issue with is that when, you know, you have to be batting a 1,000 as a play caller in order for it to work with Jared Goff, Matt Stafford has shown he can, you know, get plays to work off script and do well with it. And also, again, good deep ball thrower. His deep ball is probably one of the best in the in the game. Uh, you know, his arm is really good. Uh, so I can see them making it work with him. What are they going to do in the drafts? Again, they were losing a lot of guys. Uh, on defense, uh, Leonard Floyd, who played well for them, uh, Malcolm Brown, the 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 running back. I think they're going to let him go. I think they got a lot of uh, a lot of value out of Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. I think that two will be fine. Uh, Austin Blythe, Troy Hill, the corner. I think he's going to some team is going to be so so uh, going after him very hard because again he he played really well. Uh, he is older. He's in his 30s. So I think, you know, played well. Uh, he also versatile, could play outside, could play slot corner. Uh, maybe Troy Hill goes to join up with uh, w- with the defensive coordinator who is now, uh, now the L.A. Chargers uh, head coach, Staley. So maybe he wants to go hang out with Staley and be a corner over there and be able to help bring over that defense. Uh, they are losing Staley, 
and that's going to be a big deal. Uh, let me check uh, who the... Uh, they are replacing uh, Brandon Staley uh, with, uh, with... Oh, Raheem Morris. Derp. Okay, good. Yeah, Raheem Morris, uh, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons and uh, the Buccaneers. And in that move, I... I don't know how I feel about Raheem Morris as a D coordinator, but the defense did play the, the Falcons defense played a little bit better under him than it did under Dan Quinn. So it does sound like maybe getting him as the DC will be fine. I Staley Brandon Staley played it was a really good defensive coordinator. There's a reason why after one year of coordinating, he had a top defense and teams were eager to go after him to be a head coach. So um I don't think there's a lot they can do in free agency. In fact, really what free agency is doing to them is they're losing a lot of guys. Um, Derek Rivers, uh, John Johnson. John Johnson's going to get a huge contract. I think, again, free agency, he's kind of the top safety on the market at this point because uh, a lot of the other guys got tagged. Justin Simmons, Marcus May, Marcus Williams. Uh, we will talk a little bit about the the franchise tags. But, yeah, so those, since those guys got tagged, they are Josh Reynolds is a free agent. Uh, I mentioned Derek Rivers, Blake Bortles. Oh my God, they're losing Blake Bortles. What will they ever do? Um, I, I think those losses will not hurt them too much because it seems like they always kind of have a developmental plan in the building for some of those positions. Uh, that's not to say that they won't end up having a... Uh, an issue on defense. I I think, listen, losing a giant chunk of your defense is going to hurt no matter what. Losing a bunch of players uh, is going to hurt no matter what. You lost a bunch of guys who were significant contributors. Even still, they still have Jalen Ramsey. They still have Aaron Donald. They, they may still have Michael Brockers at the end of the day. And by having those players, they will, I think, be able to be competitive in the future, and I, I think that's the plan. Uh, and Matt Stafford in that offense, that play-action, outside-zone offense, and again, the, the 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 new run concepts that they are integrating into that, that offense uh, will probably keep them in a lot more games. Uh, I think they might look at some speed at wide receiver, maybe a Dwayne Eskridge in the draft, uh, Jalen Darden, uh, Elijah Moore, if he's far enough down the board, I think that would be an electric kind of guy for them to add. That actually kind of be scary thinking of them with Elijah Moore. Um, please, that would be entertaining as hell. Uh, except for I'm sure there's a lot of teams that probably want Elijah Moore at some point in the day two of the draft. Uh, a couple of other guys that I I know I didn't really go super into to potential draft targets for other teams uh, because I will be doing draft targets later on. And we just don't know a free agency. Um, we, I'm just kind of attacking what these guys are losing. Uh, I think that the the L.A. Rams are, are well set. I, I, my real worry with the L.A. Rams has always been, is that offensive line going to hold up much longer? Uh, guys who might be there in the second round, I mentioned it before with uh, the Seattle Seahawks, because they're also missing a first-round pick. Uh, Leatherwood, maybe... Eichenberg, maybe. Cosme, maybe. Jalen Mayfield, maybe. It's a deep class. There's a lot of guys. There's some solid players in this draft class. I do think they're going to all go relatively quick, and they might have to, if they're looking to get a tackle in this class, they might have to jump up and get a tackle. 
Um, if not, you know, maybe they take a falling star. I mentioned before Brady Christensen. I do think they will address the 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 tackle position and maybe even guard in this draft class. There's a couple of different guys they can go after, uh, even at center, uh, if they're looking to to bolster the the offensive line a little bit to build up some depth and get to play with a few guys. Um, as far as anybody else, again, corner. It's a deep corner. It's a deep defensive back class. So, again, uh, guys who might fall far enough down, they might really jump at them. Afetu uh, Melifonwu, uh, Asante Samuel. Uh, depends on how they feel about the guys they have in the building. But again, you want a guy opposite, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Depends also on what your, you know, what your plan is. How much man coverage versus zone coverage. Um, how you feel about the safeties you have in house. Uh, maybe they go after guys that are, you know, maybe not, you know, maybe they go after Trevon Morig to kind of replace Josh Johnson. And again, I definitely picture them trading down to accumulate more mid round picks because it just seems like something that's been part of their strategy in the past. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the franchise tag. I don't really need to go too deep into it. I'm sure we already know most of it. Chris Godwin was tagged. I think that was a rumor that a lot of people thought was going to end up happening. I had mixed feelings on that. I thought maybe they go after keep Shaq Barrett. Uh, I know they have limited cap room, but in the end, they kept Godwin. Uh, he's been great for them. He would have probably been my favorite wide receiver on the market. He's been really good, and uh, I yeah, I get why they want to keep him to be with Mike Evans and Tom Brady. Keep the offense nice and and lively, if you will. So it sounds like Shaq Barrett may go into free agency, although they might work out a deal with him uh, before free agency hits next week. Uh, I'm sure during the tampering period, they'll get a little bit of a better idea what his market may be. Uh, Marcus May, I mentioned before, of the Jets, that was not surprising. Also, again, the safety tag is relatively cheap. It's only a $10 million tag. Um, Kind of a good deal to be getting on your safety. Taylor Moten, uh, tackle for the Carolina Panthers, was tagged. That was not shocking. Uh, he's been really good for them. He They drafted him. They developed him. Uh, he's 26 years old. It makes no sense to let him walk, especially since his tag is going to be $13.75 million. Uh, Dak Prescott is uh, uh, technically got tagged, although he also got the extension. Uh, maybe I should talk about – I'm going to talk about the extension on the NFC East episode that I do. Uh, to, but it was a big deal that they did that, and I also think that that was the, the right move. Allen Robinson uh, got tagged. That was maybe one of the biggest shockers. Allen Robinson getting franchise tag because his franchise tag is a lot more because he's on a contract that you have. He's on a second contract already that was already paying him a lot of money, and when you franchise tag a player, it has to either be the it has to be the more of one of two options. One of which it has to be 120 percent of their current contract, of which he was already on a current contract that was heavily expensive. So it sounds like he was not sticking there. Uh, it sounds like he might. You know, I'm I'm very curious to see if Allen Robinson even stays. Uh, he might not sign the tender. He might make it a really hard day for them. To, to try and keep him around depends on who you know what they do to get a, a quarterback in, in this market cam robinson was franchise tagged i think that was the real shocker i think that was the biggest shock of all was franchise tagging a left tackle who has not played his best uh football uh since his acl uh he's again set to make a little bit less than 14 million 
So it kind of makes sense if you think the tackle market's not going to be great, especially if you're Urban Meyer, you're not super familiar with Cam Robinson. Maybe you think he will play better going down the line. And again, he's only in his fifth year in the NFL. Maybe you think he could develop a little bit more. It depends on if your guys can get their hands on him. And the Jags have plenty of money to throw around. Uh, Brendan Scherf was tagged a second time, which is a lot of money because that means he's going to be getting $18 million, not the $15 million that he would have been making previously on the tag. Uh that's a lot of money to spend on guard. So it means that they probably have an idea of how they want to attack free agency. If, I guess I, I assume that they have an extension in in their head. Same thing with Justin Simmons. Uh, Justin Simmons was uh, tagged by the Broncos. Uh, apparently the GM said it was a procedural move because it sounds like they in, – uh, to, uh, to make sure that Justin Simmons – stays with them and to be able to extend him long-term. It sounds like they're moving towards a long-term deal. Um, if they don't agree on the extension, he'll earn about $14 million. This is his second tag, and he's only earning less than $14 million. Um, that's a pretty big deal. That tells you how rough the, the safety market sometimes is and how depreciated safety value is. Uh, Leonard Williams is going to be getting like uh, just under $20 million at $19.3 million. On the franchise tag, that's a pretty big deal um, uh, by the New York Jets. I, I'm assuming they are going to be working on a long-term deal going forward. And then Marcus Williams, I think, was the second biggest surprise. Was he got a franchise tag? Maybe, yeah, I think he was the second biggest surprise to me uh, outside of Cam Robinson. Because, I mean, the New Orleans Saints are uh, very much in-cap restriction mode. Um, with the reduced salary cap mixed in with a lot of the pushouts that they've done over the years, it sounded like this was going to be a rough year for them. Uh, maybe they go ahead and extend him. Maybe they pull the the tag away from him later on. They can do that as long as he hasn't signed it yet. So maybe they go ahead and remove the tag next week or in two weeks if he has not signed it. Uh, he is slated to make ten million dollars under the tag. We will see what ends up happening. Or a little bit over ten point six million. So we will see what ends up happening with them. Uh, guys who didn't get tagged that people thought could get tagged, Hunter Henry they thought might get a second tag, John Smith, Shaq Griffin, Kenny Galladay, Aaron Jones, none of them got tagged. They are all potentially going to be free agents. Um, I mentioned it before with uh, the Lions that it might signal that they are going to be going into full rebuild mode with this. Um, and that makes sense, that they are in full rebuild mode. That's why you got two first-round picks. It's why maybe they don't draft a quarterback this year and instead trade down because they are accumulating assets to build a treasure trove going into the future. Um, and that's it. Uh, my name is Walter. This has been Draft Vice. You can follow the podcast at Draft Vice on Twitter, at Draft Vice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And, uh, oh, by the way, I mentioned it on yesterday's show. I was on the Browns Huddle podcast. You could also find me 6 o'clock on Thursdays on Face Off with Facemir or Friend of Facemir. I'm going to start putting that link down in the, the show notes as well every episode, uh, every episode uh, going forward. So, yeah, Face Off with Facemir. And I was also on the Browns Huddle podcast. I guess that I sat there and talked about the, just the Browns for two hours. Think, what, think about that for a bit, uh, how exciting that was. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Like, follow, subscribe, share it with your friends, share it with your mother, share it with your grandmother, and good night. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past, I'm about the people.